Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This, then, is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have begun to reign, and that without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign so that we might also reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, and we are dishonored. To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We're brutally treated. We're homeless." We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or shall I come to you in love and with a gentle spirit? Paul is explaining to his readers and to us the nature of true Christian leadership and servants of Jesus Christ. In verse 1, he says, This, then, is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. 
And so he's he's following up on his previous chapters where he was discussing uh, that the people should not be followers of individual men in factions claiming uh, Paul is my leader, Apollos is my leader, Peter is my leader, and so forth. Those things are not really relevant. We're all, as leaders, we're all servants of Christ, who is the head of the church. And so I'm not a leader of a faction. I am an under-shepherd serving underneath the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul said, having uh, received the mysteries that God has revealed and sharing them with others. This is how you ought to regard pastors and uh, other Christian leaders as servants of Christ, not above the people, but as servants to the Lord and as servants to the people for the Lord's purposes. Paul goes on to tell us that we should evaluate our own motives. In verse 2, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear. But that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. We're not working for a dollar or for a wage, those of us who serve in full-time Christian ministry. We're working for what Max Licato said in one of his books is the applause of heaven. We're looking for the approval of Christ and God the Father in terms of what we do. And yes, we have to work and survive and pay our bills and so forth. But the motive of our heart, the motive of those who truly love the Lord and are operating as servants of Christ, is to bring attention to Jesus Christ. It's to share the love of Christ to those who know him and those who don't. Uh, The Bible says that when Jesus comes, every motive of the heart will be exposed Those who have um, uh, their motivation has been one that's not good will be exposed. Those who have a good and godly biblical motivation will be exposed. So we as leaders, and you as um, some of you are leaders, some of you are quote-unquote laymen. There is no such thing in reality. All are called to serve the Lord. But each of us should evaluate our own motives, whether pastors, elders, deacons, you know, evangelists, prophets, teachers, people that are just newly born again, we should all evaluate our own motives and make sure that our our conscience, like Paul, is clear, that we're desiring to serve the Lord for His approval, for His praise, and not the praise of men. Paul goes on to describe true apostolic ministry. In our generation, sometimes you will hear someone claim the title of an apostle. And usually it's done in the context of them putting themselves forward as some spiritual giant who is uh, like a four-star general would be in the military. Sometimes they come with uh, an honor guard and uh, people carrying their bags and people keeping the common people away from them, like the Secret Service type thing with, I've even seen the ones with um, the little sound devices in their ears and so forth. But Paul describes true apostolic ministry in verse 9 and following. He says, it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like those condemned to die in the arena. Now, this is referencing in Paul's day, uh, those gladiators that had indeed um, come into the Colosseum 
and were appointed to die. Those that were at the end of the procession were the prisoners that were to be executed. And Paul says the apostles in his day were those that were on display like condemned prisoners. We've been made a spectacle to the whole universe, he says, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. And he's, he's of course, contrasting true apostolic ministry to those in the church he's addressing who thought themselves to be wise in Christ. He said he's, a, as an apostle, has been made a fool or to look foolish for Christ, but those that were in the church then and in the church, some in the church now, think themselves wise. Paul goes on to say, we are weak, but you are strong. And this is tongue in cheek, of course. You are honored, but we are dishonored. To this very hour, now this is the actual description, we go hungry and thirsty. We're in rags and we're brutally treated. We're homeless. We work hard with our own hands. We're cursed. We bless when we are persecuted. We endure it. When we're slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of this world, right up until this moment. Now, friends, does that sound like uh, uh, some fancy preacher with a Rolls Royce and a, a driver and a Rolex and you know his own jet plane and all these things? This is what a true apostle looks like, not one who has a um, stamped apostle on his business card. But a true apostle, from Paul's perspective, these are the hallmarks. Dishonored, hungry, thirsty, in rags, brutally treated, homeless, working with their own hands, cursed, persecuted, slandered, perceived as the scum of the earth and the garbage of the world, not as some aristocracy in the name of Christ. The example of Paul's life is given to us so that we might see and recognize the real and discern the true from the false. In verse 14, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. The very few men having ever lived could say to someone, imitate me and you'll be a good follower of Jesus Christ. But Paul, in all honesty, could say that. I would not dare say that myself. It's just still, in this point in my life, it's too lofty for me to to say to anyone, imitate me, and you'll be a, a good follower of Jesus Christ. But Paul was able to say it, and I've known a few who were able to say it. I, I think of, in recent days, I've done a, a few funerals for very elderly people that were exemplary followers of Christ. And at the funerals, there were testimonies given that uh, should be imitated by every believer, you know, testimonies of their lives and actions, the way they conducted themselves. Paul goes on to warn us that some Christians become arrogant and um, uh, they perceive things not as they really are, but as the world perceives them. And Paul says that these arrogant people will be judged by what power they have. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a power, the power of the Spirit of God, the power of a a changed life, absolutely, but also the power of the Holy Spirit working in partnership with us to touch men and women for Christ to heal bodies, to cast out demons, sometimes even to raise the dead. This is the power of God that the kingdom is is bringing forward in this hour. And so I want to just pray into all of this. Lord, 
I just pray, Lord, that we would not, first of all, slander any leaders and and, uh, servants of Jesus Christ. Lord, they answer to you, not to us. But Lord, may we evaluate our own motives. May we evaluate um, how we perceive ourselves, Lord, in the light of eternity. Lord, may we recognize that the way you view us is not the way the world views us. And Lord, as you said, many who are now last will be first in that great day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.